eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day every day with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Chilio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast. Of course, our video feed, 94 WIP. Check it out there, YouTube. You can watch the video podcast. Myself, Tucker Bagley, of course, Go Birds, High Hopes, Clap Your Hands, and the best of what happens on the air at WIP, all on our 94 WIP page. Subscribe, check it out. All right, today, a lot on my mind. Obviously, we are a couple days away, a few days away. From the Eagles and the Chiefs Monday Night Football, we'll do a lot on that on the Midday Show on Friday, of course Monday, and the podcast coming up on Monday before the game as well. But today, you know, once in a while, a rumor will catch my attention in the baseball offseason that I can't ignore. And this one in particular actually originated on the Midday Show. We had our Philly Summit a couple days ago, and we talked about, you know, a lot of things with this team, but obviously, you know, Aaron Nola and whether or not the Phillies are going to keep him, do they need him, all that kind of stuff was, was a big part of the show. Uh, so if not Nola, who? And there's been names out there. It seems now the reporting is saying the Phillies are maybe a little more lukewarm on a guy like Blake Snell who just captured the National League Cy Young Award. I like Sonny Gray, but he comes with some question marks with age and, and maybe some durability and, and the big market stuff as well. So there's also the trade market, which is obviously you know potentially fruitful. Tyler Glass now was mentioned by Buster Only on our show a couple times, the name to watch. Corbin Burns, I don't love the idea of Shane Bieber at this stage of his career. I think he's on the decline. Dylan C, certainly interesting. Uh, so the trade market is, is obviously a, a significant factor in this and probably going to do a podcast ranking the trade options for the Phillies if Noah leaves eventually. But I was thinking through the idea of like, all right, free agent options and ranking those. But I actually thought that was a waste of time because in my mind, there's one that stands well above everybody else. And it was mentioned on the WIP Midday Show by Jim Salisbury. Love Jim. Loved having him on the show. And he mentioned the Phillies have done a lot of work on Yamamoto, the Japanese pitcher, 25 years old, 
who was a star in the World Baseball Classic, a star in Japan. He's been basically their Cy Young winner over there three times. Yashini, Yash, I'm going to try this, okay? And we'll get it as a city if he gets over here. Yoshin Obu Yamamoto, okay? I got Yamamoto down. We'll call him Yoshi Yamamoto. The guy's electric. He is an electric starting pitcher, and I want to go through why he should be the number one free agent option for the Phillies this offseason. And I don't just mean to replace Nola. I mean just in totality. If 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 I'm making a list and the Phillies are making a list of potential free agents that they have interest and should have interest in signing, Yamamoto should be the number one guy, the number one guy above any potential bat. And we know they really don't have many current holes in their team that could be filled by free agent bats. I mean, I suppose they go get Cody Bellinger. They don't seem to be connected to him. He would fit in a variety of ways, and he's a really good player. But that, that seems to be a little bit far-fetched. But, okay, besides that, um, you know, all the other big, big, big names that we've talked about already this offseason have mostly been retaining the guys they have or through a trade, a Juan Soto, a Mike Trout, uh, you know, obviously the pitchers I mentioned a few minutes ago. So it's pretty clear to me that a list of, of free agents, the Phillies, let's say they have a budget and they're willing to spend – 75 million, you know, for next year, like of payroll next year on players. And they're looking to start like, all right, who can we sign a free agency before we start subtracting from our farm system through a potential trade? Yamamoto stands above them all. I mean, this is a really, really unique and interesting and I think potentially great Major League Baseball free agent signing for the team that does it. Right, let's, go, let's go through the particulars here. So we know Jim Salisbury told us the Phillies like him. Report yesterday in the Inquirer by Alex Coffey says the Phillies have done extensive work on Yamamoto scouting him. And look, there's not a history here. The Phillies are one of five teams that have never signed a player directly out of the Japanese Baseball League, which is, is mind-boggling. I mean, just think about all the great players that have come over in recent years. I mean, obviously, Shohei Otani leads the way, but Ichiro Suzuki. I mean, you go you go back through a lot of these guys that have come over and been really good players in the major leagues. And unfortunately, the Phillies haven't, you know, really dipped their toes in, in this in the Pacific, you know, market. And I don't understand why they haven't. You know, I, I know in some instances, and there is some reporting out there on Yamamoto that players from Japan prefer the West Coast because it is an easier trip home, is an easier trip for family. It doesn't feel like they are a world away. They're just, you know, a plane ride away. It's, I guess, effectively, and I've never made these trips, you know, I never tra- traveled to Japan or anything like that, but I went to Hawaii once and, and my guess is it's almost effectively like maybe from where we are in Philadelphia going to Hawaii or going to California or some sort of equidistance between those two. Like it's far, but you could do it on a trip. Meanwhile, you know, if you're going from Philadelphia to Japan, that is really far. And I know these guys probably have private jets and and don't have to wait in an airport or like the normal person, but whatever, it's still far. So that's, I think, a big thing. And it's been a thing over the years. But that being said, the Yankees got Hideki Matsui, and he was a tremendous player in New York for a long time. You know, the Yankees got Masahiro Tanaka, a guy I want to talk about in a little bit here. The Mets got Kodai Senga last year. So we've seen teams in New York land these players. I mean, last year, one of the best players on the Boston Red Sox, a Rookie of the Year finalist from Japan in Boston. So I think that's a little bit of a crutch if we're using that for why the Phillies haven't really dipped their toes and, and gotten a star player out of Japan, it's time to change that. Let's go. Let, let's get a star player out of Japan. And this guy checks a lot of boxes. So 25 years old, it is immediately something that stands out to me as a guy that could and should 
be good on a long-term contract. Now, to be fair, his 25 years old is probably different than almost every 25-year-old here in terms of how much he's pitched because he's pitched professionally since he was 18. And they do throw a decent amount of innings. Up. Like he has 967 innings on his arm in Japan. That's a lot. I mean, you know, you, I, you look at pitchers here and that's probably where pitchers are here at the age of 30. You know, I wonder how many innings Blake Snell has. Let's look it up just quickly. Blake Snell innings, just to give a reference point um, where he is at in his career. Blake Snell in his major league career has thrown 992 innings. So it's basically even, even though Snell is, what, five years older than Yamamoto. So the NA, if we're counting innings, it's kind of even. We're counting age, it's way in the favor of Yamamoto. They also protect their guys in a different way. They pitch a lot of innings per start. They go deeper into games, but they pitch once every sixth day, not fifth day. And that's been a theme. You know, it's been a theme more in the major leagues the last couple of years, the six-man rotation. The Phillies obviously tried this and did a little bit of it late in the season last year to protect or, you know, conserve the energy for Nola and for Wheeler for the playoffs. They used Lorenzen in that spot. And it, I think it did help. I think, I think it did help a little bit to keep those guys fresh. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I look at him as a good, solid, really, you know, smart free agent kind of buy at his age yes there's some innings but it's not ridiculous and they usually protect their pitchers well and there's been a good history now of pitchers coming over here from japan because that always used to be the thing i remember when i was a kid it was like you know whoever it was at whatever time coming over from whether it be japan or korea you know hideo nomo one of the first names that comes to mind and he was electric at the start and then he fell back a little bit chan ho park really good fell back a little bit but in recent years it's, it's been better. You know, Dice K was good and then fell back. But then think about it recently. I mean, I, I, th- I think there's been some home runs. I mean, you think about you Darvish. That's been a home run major league free agent signing from Japan. You think about Hiroki Kuroda. He was a really good pitcher. Masahiro Tanaka, a really good pitcher. So it's becoming more that these guys are really good. And obviously Shohei Otani is, is incredible at everything he does. So we're, we're realizing now these guys could absolutely pitch here. The ball and the tackiness is a little bit different. There's some differences, but I, I equate it to, you know, is it as good as the major leagues? No, but is it above AAA here in most AAAs? I think it is. It's more like a quadruple A. And if you're dominating there, you're probably ready to come pitch here. And just as a profile, this guy reminds me, of when the Yankees signed Masahiro Tanaka. I believe at that point it was like seven years, 150 or whatever, like, uh, you know, 2014 range. And I remember Brian Cashman, the Yankees GM, said, you know, they believe he's going to be a number three in the major leagues. They tried to temper expectations. I thought for a while he pitched to a, a level of a two, and he probably settled in between a two and a three uh, over the course of his full career, but probably closer to a two. And as the Phillies try to replace Aaron Nola, you know, if they can find... You know, really what they're trying to do is replicate the last five, six years of NOLA. Because I don't know, and I, we've done the podcast on NOLA here, I don't know if the next five, six years are going to be as fruitful for a guy who's pitched that many innings. Uh, you know, so is, can, he, can Yamamoto be 
what Nola's been the last five years, I would sign up for that. I would take it. I believe the Phillies would. And I'm thinking about a Zach Wheeler, Yamamoto, one-two in a rotation. And I'm very excited about it. And then just the way he pitches and watching the pitch in the World Baseball Classic a little bit. He has a little bit of the way Tanaka pitched with a 94-95 mile hour fastball. But he could crank it up if he needs to. He could go faster than that. He will get strikeouts. There's good command there from everything I've seen and looking at the numbers. And the splitter is a dynamic pitch. And not many guys throw the splitter anymore. It's really kind of gone by the wayside. I don't know if it's because people feel there's injury to it. I'm not sure what the reason is fully that it's it's been out of vogue. But I, I think the splitter could be a really, really good pitch. And Yamamoto's got it. So you factor it all in. And it feels like this is a guy the Phillies should be in on. And you know, I was about Hiroki Kuroda, who was a good pitcher, and just kind of quietly went out there, six innings, six and a third, quality innings every single year. Now, is this guy a perfect pitcher? No. And there's, are there any red flags? Yeah, and then there's one that stands out. I don't, I don't put the East Coast thing as a red flag. It's like I mentioned. I, I think it's a little bit of a crutch. If the Yankees get these guys, if the Mets get these guys, the Phillies absolutely should get these guys. If there's one red flag or one concern over Yamamoto and how good he can be in the big leagues and, and maybe long-term is his size. He is five t- listed at 5'10", 176. That's small. That is small for a right-handed pitcher. So, you know, typically you think of the bigger, bigger strapping right-handed pitchers and you think of Roger Clemens or you think of, you know, even, even Wheeler and Noel are, are big dudes or Roy Halladay. You, this is what you think about when you think about big power right-handed pitchers. He doesn't have that. Even Tanaka, who I mentioned, was a bigger pitcher. Tanaka had to be 6'2", 6'3", and, and he was pretty built. So he, he doesn't fit that bill. He, here's the kind of bill he does fit, though. Tim Hudson was not a big pitcher, right-handed pitcher. Marcus Stroman right now, not a very big pitcher. Uh, Roy Oswalt. I mean, I, I think about Roy Oswalt, obviously, with the Phillies for a period of time towards the end of his career. I loved watching Roy Oswalt pitch. He was less than a six foot one ninety. So is there a big difference, 5'10", 176? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit. I, I think Oswald was, that 190 might have been generous. He was not a very big pitcher. The guy ended with a 50 career war, 163 wins in the big leagues, and we know how good he was. I mean, he had three, four years, I believe. I think he had four years with under a three ERA. Uh, or maybe it was five. I mean, the guy was incredible. He really was a, a very, very quality major league pitcher. He had, I think, five Cy Young, top five Cy Young finishes. So I'm not going to take it away from this guy because he is smaller. Now, look, will he last until he's 40? I, I don't know that. And, and the reality is he probably won't. I'll give you one more. I'll, I'll do you one better just with the size comparison. Actually, if you think about size, 5'10", 176, it's almost the exact listed number as Pedro Martinez, who I believe was listed like 5'11", 170. Uh, look, pay, if, I'm, if I have an... Uh, in my mind, I could see Pedro at that size dominating and as a power pitcher. Roy Oswald, Tim Hudson. I don't care that these guys, especially Pedro and, and Oswald, let's just say, you know, their bodies kind of caught up to them when they got to be 35. That's okay. Yamamoto's 25. Now, this is a different story if he's 30, same age as Noel. Then I'm like, hold on a second. We're taking a slight righty and how much does he have left in his arm and all those innings. That's different. When you factor in the age, when you factor in the work the Phillies have done on them, you factor in the red flags, and there are real red flags with every other candidate to replace Nola, and even just Nola himself. You know, whether it be what you're giving up in trades for guys that have one year left like Burns, or what you're signing with Snell, I think there's red flags all over the place with the pitchers that are out there, you know, 
along with Aaron Noah. I mean, he just throw him in the bucket because we talked about his red flags. Velocity down, ground ball rate down. This guy has the fewest red flags to me. Now, do I love, I mean, really, do I love that the Phillies allowed, oh, sorry, not the Phillies, that the team he was on in Japan allowed him to throw so many innings, or excuse me, pitches in some of those playoff games down the stretch. Now, when I see like 130 pitches, it freaks me out with a pitcher because I'm always thinking about long-term or protecting the arm. So I don't love that. I, re- I really don't love that. But big picture, this guy, if, he, if they do the work on him and there's a clean bill of health and you get reports that he's a hard worker and all those things, that's what the background work is, is for in these instances. I, I really do believe it is absolutely, absolutely imperative that the Phillies go make a real play for Yamamoto. And I would love to see them try to outbid the Dodgers and outbid the Yankees and outbid the Mets. Like, get in here. You know, they, when the Phillies have really wanted a player... First of all, they jumped the market for Wheeler, and they out, they outbid some teams that did a good job. But they didn't sh- they didn't back away from the big boy table when it was you know time to go sign Bryce Harper and to bid on Manny Machado. And that's what I think this is. It's a unique free agent, just like those guys were, twenty five years old, with a lot of runway left, and they're it's worth the sticker you know price, and it's worth the bidding war. Go get Yamamoto. This is the play for the Phillies this offseason. I love that Jim Salisbury told us that they're in on this. I love that the report came out yesterday that they've done a lot of work on this guy and they like him. You know, make him turn down the biggest offer and stay on the West Coast if that's what he prefers. And then you, just, you wash your hands with it. You say, what am I going to do? Like, that's where he wanted to be. But make him do it. Don't give him the out by saying, now oh, we're backing out. We're, we're, we're bidding $30 million less than the Dodgers. No. Go get, go get the guy. And really help set the team up to win a World Series next year. And it'd be a very quality pitching staff for years to come. I'm in. On Yamamoto. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. We'll talk soon. NFL picks in your feed tomorrow.